We're a unique podcast for families of faith, produced by parents and pastors who understand and appreciate how hard it is to maintain your faith in a hostile culture. We're here to encourage and support you in the most vital role of all, parenting. If you're feeling overwhelmed and afraid, it's okay. You're not alone. Brilliantly Brave is hosted by two honest and engaging dads with nine kids between them. A road tripper, author, and pastor, Father Brad Mathias, and iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. This is our Christmas special edition podcast. Woo-hoo. Yeah, it's exciting. It is exciting. Uh, favorite time of the year, and uh, I could go a long time today, but I'm sure the audience would rather we stay focused. How was Thanksgiving, Robert? How'd that go? Thanksgiving was an experience. It was great. I would say, you know, I did a, <laughs> I did a podcast last night with somebody, and they're asking me, you know, we were out at sea. We did a cruise with extended family. There were 16 of us. Mm. And they're like, was it awesome? And like, and I, and I was like, yeah, it was, it was stressful. It was, but the word that kind of comes to me, it was memorable. Like there was a lot of chaos. There was a lot of like, you know, anytime you have three different families that all have their own way of doing things and their own whatever, it just, it wasn't bad. It was great. It was just juggling and making sure that everyone was happy and the most important thing is we created some really great memories. That's awesome. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, my my Thanksgiving was calm and restful, which is a first in maybe a decade or so. Yeah. So it was exactly what our family needed. Because and- your family has had a lot of difficulty this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a couple of, you know, yeah. passings. and Yeah. We've we've lost uh, a sister and a, and a father in, in the same year. And um, for whatever reason, the last several years, we the health issues in our family always seem to come right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it kind of became a, a a spot on the calendar that we all kind of flinched, you know, when we yeah. opened up the, the month of November, like what's coming this year. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to get through November without anything coming. Um, to so actually be quiet. having gone through that now and, and had a very difficult year, what would you say to someone out there that is facing these holiday seasons Christmas is just around the corner. Like what, what helps to, what helps you to focus on? And is there something, cause I mean, this is the first time that you've gone through it. I'm just, have you learned anything through this? Yeah, I, I think I'm in process. Um, mm-hmm. it's first Thanksgiving, first Christmas without, uh, Judy or my dad. So I, I think for all of us, our extended family and immediate family, we're, we're just finding ourselves surprised at times. Uh, where you you go to the store and you see something that triggers a memory, mm. you know, and so there's a there's that sadness in the middle of what would seem to be an unrelated activity, yeah. you know, that catches you off guard a little bit. The other thing that's interesting is that um, I found myself kind of editing what I said, like I would mm. start to say something like, "Well, you know, Dad would have liked," right, and then I'll stop myself, and I kind of gave myself permission to go ahead and say it. Like, you know what? It's okay to say that dad would have liked that. Right. Um, and that seems to help me, at least personally, kind of deal with some of those emotions. It's helped my mom a lot. Right. Um, not avoiding. Right. It's not – because what 
if you're like me, uh, you you tend to avoid painful things. Right. You know, you don't stick your finger in the flame, so to speak. <laughs> uh, but I think emotionally, there's only healing if you go through stuff. It's true. You know, the idea of avoiding something uh, as as a plan is not a good plan, I don't think. Uh, mm. So grief in the holidays, I know, is a real issue for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so – I think, you know, for us as a family, we needed a little space at Thanksgiving to kind of process that. Uh, although, looking ahead to Christmas now in this podcast, I think the entire family, and I mean extended and immediate, will be at our house, something mm. like 16 or 17 people. So That's a truckload. It is a truckload, and we, we're actually, you know, a little concerned about that many <laughs> people being in, in a, you know, four-bedroom home. Uh mm. But I think it's sort of going to be cathartic for all of us to kind of be together at that time. I'm sure. That's awesome. Christmas is a great time of year to be together. And I do think carving out space to to just kind of have permission to not do anything like you guys did on Thanksgiving for once instead of traveling is probably – was probably a really important grounding process for you guys. Um, And now the influx of, you know – Families from all around the country coming to, yeah. together is probably going to be almost a nice, the antithesis of what you went through in Thanksgiving. We're definitely having both extremes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're going to go from five people at Thanksgiving dinner to literally 17 or 18 people at Christmas wow. Wow. Uh, dinner. So uh, you're talking about the two extremes of, of a spectrum. And I, I think they're both kind of healthy. Uh, I think there's there can be joy in both of that. So I would say to a parent or a family that's out there – listening to the podcast, who's sort of dreading the holidays, uh, especially Christmas, and mm. maybe being alone or feeling alone, absent, um, to really allow yourself to pursue one of those extremes. In other words, you might need a rest this, right. this Christmas. Right. You might need the the slowed down, simplified experience. Yeah. And others of you, you may need to be stretched a little mm. and uh, do something that, you know, is a little crowded, if you will. Yeah. Did you see the um, the movie Parenthood? Some time ago. I yes. love the, and I don't know if it was a Christmas dinner or whatever, they went around the table, maybe it was Thanksgiving, and they went to the old lady, and they were talking about their amusement parks, what they liked, and or she was, the grandma, and she was like, um, a lot of people like the, the uh, what is it called, the carousel, because it goes up and down, and it's predictable, and it just keeps going around and around and around. Me, I like the roller coaster. Because you just don't know what's coming around the corner and you go up and down and up and down. And what she was talking about in this family setting was like, sometimes you need something that's different to, to kind of just make life richer. And that may look like just getting on the carousel and just kind of going through a smaller, more intimate kind of thing. Or it might look like welcoming 15 mm. to 17,000 people into your life. But um, <laughs> they, they both serve a purpose. One is adventurous and one is kind of more, you know just peaceful and predictable. And so I think you're exactly right. I mean, there's not a right way to do Christmas or um, whatever, but I think there's, there's, there's richness in either side. Yeah. And I think as we uh, sort of focus in on the issue of of parenting through the holidays, uh, this idea that, that parents may feel overwhelmed just, just with whatever they're dealing with on their own. So I'm trying to imagine myself as a parent who's lost someone very near and dear to them, and they're having to keep up with smaller children. My kids are grown. You know, mm-hmm. they're coming home from college or from 
from uh, their their other home. And and I'm finding myself playing a different role. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm much more uh, the mentor, coach, you know, encourager now than I am the the parent. Mm. Um, but there are parents who are coming to this holiday with with grief and with the responsibility mm-hmm. of keeping up with their kids and being you know sort of the uh, the peacemaker in the home. And I have to wonder, you know, as they go into that, how much they're dreading certain aspects of Christmas. So a question I would have for you, what are the things you don't look forward to at Christmas if you've got kids in the home? What are the hmm. things that you're sort of pulling back from? And then we'll do the opposite. We'll we'll do the things that are positive. Things like it would have been helpful if I had time to well, prep no, on this. Yeah, but, see, but I want your real, honest, raw response. Okay, just to buy a couple seconds of time, I wanted to tell our listeners, if you hear jingle bells like in this broadcast, we have Winston in the studio and he has little tags that Tinkle. Well, they're like elf bells. They're like elf bells. And yeah. so we intentionally, that with the sound effects are no extra charge. They're just, yeah. we thought that it would be festive. So he's and running Winston's around. only like six inches tall, so he doesn't really show up in the shot. No, so. he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so to what do I not look forward to at Christmas? Um, yeah, so putting yourself in the place of a parent. Uh, they've got to deal with grief. They've got to deal with the pressures of life. And they've got to deal with parenting. And it's all happening in this moment that's supposed to be perfect, right? This mm-hmm. Christmas sort of story tale fantasy world for me and this is from my solo parent days and now blended family time it's the complexities of other families and Mm. the ex how much time does the ex um or the i've been trying to teach myself not to call her or him the ex but the the other parent how much time do the kids spend with the other parent how does that juggle into your day? Do the, you know, my wife's boys, do they go over the night before or do we split Christmas in half? My girls, do they yeah. spend time? That's what I don't look forward to That's that. Messy. Chaos. It's really, yeah. because here's the problem. It's, it's chaotic and frustrating for single parents and for blended families, but it's even more stress on the kids. And so I'm, I'm going to be very deliberate this year and try to continue to get better at this and not, not looking at it, not letting myself get stressed by it, because when I get stressed by it, it trickles down to them and I can feel the tension. And I've just been learning a lot about co-parenting and um, how important it is to not make the other parent a point of stress for our kids because they feel, feel pulled into the middle. So mm. that's what I would have to say is my least favorite part of Christmas. Yeah, so blended families, uh, single parent homes, you've got that challenge of – balancing your time and getting everything and everyone where they need to be. Right. That's that's obviously something you wouldn't want to, you know, really endure too long. I I'm thinking now, so even if you're a traditional family, if you've got no divorce, no background issues at all, and your kids are all in the house, you still have this sort of, uh, challenge of keeping up with where everyone has to be mm-hmm. i mean there there is an extra dose of sort of social behavior right mm-hmm. like you've got parties you have parties and then you have you know your kids are wanting to bring their friends over and get them involved and like so it, there's it's and just, if they're it's older complex. kids they want to go spend the night with other kids exactly. and their families and so in the middle of that you may not necessarily be checking all those details mm-hmm. you're just sort of like yes 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 get you know, and you've got to wrap presents, and you've got to buy presents, and you have to make sure everyone's been accounted for on your list. Yeah. Okay, you just triggered 
the thing I look forward to the least in Christmas. What's that? Wrapping presents. Oh, wow. I hate wrapping presents. Now I see it. See, the first response was sort of good ministry, politically correct response. This is the real Robert. He's saying, did you hear the emphasis in his voice? I hate wrapping presents. Now Mm. we're getting to something. Okay, tell me about how much you hate it. I just, I'm not good at it. And I just, um, I've realized this about myself. I like cooking. I don't like cleaning. I like buying presents. I don't like wrapping. I don't like putting things away. I don't like, that's just a personality So you're more of a Santa, not an elf. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess that's what i'm saying i'm santa (laughs) okay i get that i was thinking uh as as we look at the things that we're not looking forward to i in our home i've been married uh 27 years this will be our 27th christmas and i'm i'm thinking about every year there's always a tension about money (laughs) in the home yep so there's this financial tension with the parents you know how much do you spend and is it equal for all the kids? Yeah. And, and then you, you got to keep track of, did we keep, you know, everybody get the same amount? You know, <laughs> did we make sure your parents and my parents got covered? You know, did we give to the church? Did we yeah. support our local ministry and, you know, food banks? Yeah. And, you know, there's there's only so much money and you got to spread it out. And, and if you're like most parents, like you, you intended to save all year, but that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there were braces, there was a car that needed fixed, there were tires that needed replaced. Whatever. The money you've set aside generally gets sucked up by life, yeah. right? Right. So you're, you're looking at the, the Christmas experience and you're thinking, I want to give my kids the best. Mm-hmm. I want to give them the absolute best, but I only have X. So typically, parents will, what? They'll grab a credit card. Right. And go into debt. Yeah. So, you know, you go to Kohl's, you go to Macy's, you do a <laughs> lot of shopping where they've got good credit cards mm-hmm. easily available. Yeah. And you sort of shove that to January, February to worry about so you can really savor and enjoy Christmas. Does that sound familiar? Um, I used to. Yeah. We, we don't do that anymore, but <laughs> okay. yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of our typical family that's yeah. listening. I think there's a lot of stress at Christmas, and there's a, there's a lot of things that can really trip you up. And uh, with all the wisdom of my years, I'm, you know, a whole 48, Robert's older than me, of – <laughs> I would say if if you're not dealing with custody issues, if you're not dealing with balancing your time and your your money, you're doing really well at Christmas. It's true. Like you've pretty much missed all the deep black holes that can happen in the home, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so now we can actually focus on things like Christ and the meaning of Christmas right. and you know, really trying to to give our kids something meaningful, not just commercial or yeah. superficial. And, you know, you're reading scripture to them. You're doing something very special on Christmas Eve at church. You're trying to involve them in some type of meaningful sort of behind the curtain. Mm. You know, hey, this is, you know, our culture's way of experiencing Christmas, but the Christian culture has a completely different view of this holiday. Yeah. And it's hard to get there, right? I mean, because you're getting through all the other stuff, just trying to survive that before you can even get to that so how do you how do we do that as families i mean what what do you do in your family to kind of help draw some focus to the spiritual meaning behind it well i try my best to to remind to remind all of us of the reason that we're celebrating this day and i try to focus on what we're giving rather than what we're getting and Mm. those are just kind of Practice and, and that's just in everyday conversations. It's not like a, 
I get up and give a speech at one dinner or whatever and say, this is what we've got to do. Um, it's more, it, to be honest with you, it has more to do with my mindset. Like if I can get myself to the place where I'm focusing on giving and I'm focusing on the real reason for the season, the fact that there was so much love for me that Christ sent what was most precious to him to earth and make it an individual thing. Like then if I can, if I can resonate with that kind of thought, then it seems to spill over into other things that I do. And I just kind of naturally bring it out. And it doesn't happen all the time. I would say 40% of the time. I mean, it's, I'm not this like walk around like a monk reciting things, but, (laughs) but I think that it really, you know, in everything that we talk about with parenting, it starts with us. We have to model it. We have to not only just speak it, but we have to make it a part of our lives. And so if I can change my mindset a little bit, instead of trying to force other people's mindset to change, I find that that's more successful. Um, And then there's the, you know, the things that we do, like on Christmas Eve, you know, we read the story and we talk about that and um, we're pretty deliberate about making sure that it's at the forefront. And, you know, I'm I'm not going to lie. I think that, it's an undercard to the gifts <laughs> that the kids are about ready to get. Um, but we're deliberate about it. And I think that those two things, first of all, making sure that you're immersed in a sense of gratitude and understanding how much we're loved. And then second, being deliberate about doing some things. And uh, I'm not of the mindset that we should get rid of Santa or get rid of, you know, I, I love the community aspect of Christmas. I love the giving and receiving and the being together and absolutely love that. So I don't, but it is a holy day. And so, um, I think that there's, there needs to be, we need to make sure that we're always mindful of that in our, in our daily lives, if that's what it's about. And it starts with me. I mean, cause I get sucked into the frustration and the chaos of, you know, wrapping gifts or opening gifts or who's going to go where or whatever. So, that's a long answer to your question, but I think it really has yeah. to do with me. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think it's a great reminder for parents that, you know, I, you know, there are all kinds of tools out there uh, to help keep us focused mm-hmm. in the Christmas season, um, from advent calendars yeah. to um, the idea of doing a devotional with your kids every Sunday of the, the four Sundays of Advent. It's kind of thinking about the different scriptures that are, you know, really pivotal in the Christmas story, you know, I like the idea of reading like out of Luke chapter one or the gospels, you know, the, yeah. these narratives about the birth of Christ and, you know, sort of his, uh, humble be- beginnings and contrasting that, you know, with the, the wealth of our culture. I think those are all helpful. I think you're right at a, a certain level, our kids aren't really absorbing a lot of that, mm-hmm. not at this time, but I do think it's worth going through that exercise. I do think it's important for a parent if even if your kids aren't responding or they don't appear to be listening or taking much notice of what you're doing, they are. Right. You know, and so those seeds are being planted in their heart and they will come to fruit. Yeah. The Bible is very clear about that. His word doesn't go out and come back void. void. So, right. it, you know, it has this capacity to grow long after it's been heard. And so I think, you know, creating the context in, in some balance in the home at Christmas is all a parent can do, mm-hmm. really. You can't force your child to sort of have a great appreciation for the Christ story. <laughs> you know, you just can't make, you can't shake that into them. Right. But you can exhibit it. Right. You can, exactly. can market yourself. You know, I, I think about the, the different facets of like 
Christmas and the way that it affects us. One of the things that, that might be happening to some families is some weird emotional currents that seem to occur only at Christmas, at least in my home. Hmm. And I'll give you an example of that. Let's see if this resonates with you as a father. I notice that there's this thing that happens with the mall to my kids hmm. and to me. When I enter a mall at Christmas time, I am almost immediately hit with a sense of discontent. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow, I'm really out of touch. Like, right. those people are wearing, and there's all these neat new clothes and hairstyles and shoes and, oh, my gosh. All kinds of things that we don't have. Yeah. And, <laughs> and none of it is in my closet. Right. You know, none of it, you know, and there's a new car. They got cars in the center of these malls now that are just killer, right? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Porsches and SUVs and, oh, yeah, I mean, you're just, it's just like this sort of uh, temple to consumerism, yeah. you know, that these the mall becomes. And, and if you're not careful, that can come home with you. Absolutely. Right. That can sort of trail. The, yeah, it plants a seed of entitlement. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I've noticed at Christmas that I have to be very uh, straightforward with my kids, you know, and really say to them, you know, look, this is this is what it's going to be, and your mom and I are going to do the best we can, but I, I don't want this idea of getting gifts to eclipse the idea mm. of Christmas. Mm -hmm. As the kids get into, say, high school, yeah. uh, late junior high, you can start having adult-type conversations. The younger kids, it's a whole different deal. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a grandson now, so I'm starting to think about that all over again. You know, I want to buy that kid everything, right? I mean, he's six months old this Christmas. Yeah. He's, well, he's not playing with anything. Yeah, well, he, but he's not <laughs> playing with a thing, right? He just wants to chew on his hand. Yeah. You know, so as a grandparent, you know, you, you have a whole nother level of sort of entitlement issues. Okay, then let me, let me stop you there because I agree with that. But I have a question um, that I think a lot of families, Christian families struggle with. And I actually didn't, but I heard about this struggle. And the struggle is... <laughs> okay. Is there a Santa? And do we promote the idea of Santa coming to the house as a Christian? Or is that taking our mind off of Christ? Ah, and so, so it's the Halloween question. It's kind of the Halloween yeah, yeah, question, yeah. but it, it's a substitution. Instead, Halloween is about celebrating a, a festivity. This is more about almost mano a mano, <laughs> like Jesus or Santa. Yeah. And I'm, I have very distinct feelings about. What to well, do? We could, do, what we your, could do a whole another podcast we on could. the theology of Santa. But the Claus. real quick pastor yeah. response: What would you say if there's a young well, parent that comes to you, your your daughter, or you know someone a little further along that's like, should I promote the idea that there is this mythical guy that gets into our house creepily somehow and sees everything that we're doing, and if we've been good, gives us gifts? Yeah, well, I can tell you there are are only two options here. Usually, I mean, you have a polarized position on this you can either be for santa or against him mm -hmm. and uh, the christian right really can get hardcore about this I, I think if you're going to take santa away you have to take the easter bunny and you have to take away halloween and you have to take away several holidays that mm -hmm. were all instituted when constantine a roman emperor assimilated a pagan empire in with christianity around fourth century okay mm -hmm. so you're going way back now we're going back almost 2,000 years of time. 
from when Christians assimilated pagan holidays. That's why Christmas is when it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really believe right. Jesus was born then, but it's when we celebrate it. Easter is when it is, not because we think that's the right time, but because it was a pagan holiday. Mm-hmm. So we've taken pagan holidays and we've re uh, sort of identified them and associated them with Christian beliefs and activity. I, as a pastor, don't have a problem with celebrating Santa or Christmas or Halloween or any of those events as long as you're clear on it. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not believing that the Easter Bunny somehow has to do with the resurrection. You know, <laughs> as long as you understand that Santa Claus is a, a mythical creature that really was sort of borrowed from a really holy man who yeah. was really a saint. Right. And who really did amazing things for people. And so you have this really good root, if you will, of Christian behavior mm-hmm. that can be celebrated that has now been married to this consumerist excessive yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's kind of icky, right? So as long as the parent can separate those things, as the child becomes old enough to understand, and as long as the parent can separate those things for themselves, mm-hmm. I think it's fine. I agree. A hundred percent. We always celebrated Christmas, Santa. I kept the myth alive. They didn't know if um, Santa was real or not until later in life. And I had no problems with it because it was celebrating a tradition. We are celebrating the truth of Jesus coming to earth. That is the truth. Santa does not come down our chimney. Santa does not. Well, I'm not, I, hopefully there's no kids listening, but let's just say. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, there aren't that many chimneys in new houses. That's yeah, that's very so true. But other ways. But I still I loved the I loved the story of it. I loved the you know the night before Christmas and all the Christmas movies, and I loved the tradition. I don't think it's exclusive. You have to believe only in this celebration of Jesus. I think it can go hand in hand with a celebration of something that is a story, as long as, like you said, there's a clear delineation that the parent knows and the parent instructs and the parent teaches their kids that there are two things that we're celebrating here. The the one eclipses everything else, but isn't it cool that Santa comes to? That's my personal. Yeah, no. And and that's how I raised my, I was raised, you know, in a very strict Christian legalistic background where we didn't celebrate Christmas or, Mm. or any of those holidays because of the pagan roots they had. And so I grew up in that extreme, right, polarized perspective of holidays and it really didn't serve me well Mm -hmm. that actually was harmful to my spiritual growth and and really stunted my faith Mm. um so i think it all comes down to a moderation and it comes down to really just being aware of the influence culture has on your kids exactly we've been saying that all year and we'll continue to say that so this is just one more aspect in which culture invades the home mm-hmm. and we have a choice in how we respond to it. We can be incredibly hostile and say, you know, do the Amish thing, which is, you know, nothing go mm-hmm. away and we're going to hide from you and pretend it's not there. Or you can create filters. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about filters with our tour this year, the before 13, no filter tour, tour where we help people have filters that understand their identity. Well, you can also have these filters in your home. So, when you're watching movies, when you're seeing commercials, when you're going through these, you know, thought processes with your kids, you can speak up at very specific times and say, you know, that's not real, right? Or, you hmm. know, that's not true exactly that if you buy this product, you'll be beautiful and happy. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can build these filters for your kids. But it doesn't mean you don't buy the product. Absolutely. It just means you can't buy the lie that it represents. It just means you're being uh, vigilant mm-hmm. as a parent to help your kid develop a critical thinking process. Right. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. 
Yeah. So uh, here, here's a fun part in another theological uh, thought process that I'd be happy to do by email. That's brad at bemamedia.com if you want to email me about this. You know, there's the theology of Santa Claus, you know, and, and how many Christian families and or people actually think of God or Jesus as Santa. The, you know, there's this – I had this debate over coffee last week. You know, there's there's a lot of people who just look at, at God as a, a person who brings gifts. Are you naughty gifts. or are you nice? Yeah. You know, you're naughty or nice. You get gifts or you get coal. I mean – He's sort of this happy, jolly guy, and you know he just he's there to make you happy, mm. and that's really not <laughs> a great view of of God. No, Tozier would not be happy with you. Um, so, if people want to talk about that, email me. It's another subject. I want to get back to some fun stuff. So, you mentioned uh, traditions and and family activities, and one of those was films or movies. And I happen to be a little bit of a Christmas movie nut. Hmm. I love them pretty much all. I've been known to watch three or four Christmas movies in a row on, wow. on a specific Saturday or something with my kids. And I, I have my favorites, and we all have our favorites, I think. What's your favorite Christmas movie, Robert? <laughs> Again, no, you, you gave me no time to you got to just tell me, top of your mind, you can't prepare for this. I have many. All right. Um, Name a couple. Elf. Okay. Love Elf. Elf is awesome. Um, <laughs> Christmas Vacation. Yes. I love Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Chevy um, Chase. I think I almost reenacted a, a uh, scene of that last weekend, putting lights up. It's, yeah. It is absolutely a classic. You've got – I mean, it's – there's some language and there's some questionable things in it, but you know what? I mean, it's not for younger children. It's not for younger children, but I love that movie. And then I would have to say, I'm embarrassed to say this, but um, I wasn't introduced into to this until just maybe three years ago. It's a wonderful life. Oh yeah. I had seen Stewart. it my entire yeah. life until just like a three years ago, my wife forced me to go to see it at our local like retro theater here. And it was incredible. So I would say those are my top, and I, you know, Polar Express, Polar Express, we watch every every Christmas. So there you go. Well, it's it's good that you name those because the trivia questions that Winston and I have prepared for you include some of those titles. Oh, good. Yeah. So first up, name that Christmas movie. Uh, for one point, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Where did that come from? Which movie? Um, Forrest Gump. I'm just kidding. Um, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> Somebody thought that was right. <laughs> All right, second question. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? Um, I even read that with emphasis. Yeah, you did. Um, um, this is Wooly's favorite. I, I don't know. How the I've Grinch heard stole Christmas. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Wooly loved that I can that hear movie. it playing in my head. Yes. Uh, question number three. It's a one-year membership to the Jelly of the Month oh, yeah. Club. <laughs> Doesn't get better than that, Clark. That would be <laughs> National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Yes. All right. Here's one. I've not really watched a lot, uh, but I know the quote. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. The Christmas Story. Right. Never seen that movie. I've never seen it all the way through. I always see like 20 minutes here. But it's quoted all the time. I know it's it like, is. I know the kid puts his tongue on a cold stuck pole. To the thing, yeah. yeah. And there's a funky lamp with like a, a fish talking leg sticking out. I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, someone out there loves that movie, and we don't mean any offense. Okay, he never got his picture on bubblegum card, bubblegum cards, did he? Have you ever seen his picture on a bubblegum card? Hmm. How can you say someone is great who's never had his picture on a bubblegum card? Ah, uh, that's know. a hard one. I, um, it's it's animated. Um, Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes, nice, nice. <laughs> Look at that. Yes, yes. and there's which little... is actually some of my favorite music. The soundtrack. Yeah, from the Charlie jazz Brown on Christmas. that. Yeah, yeah my son really plays that every year. Okay, uh, almost done. Bless this highly nutritious microwavable macaroni and cheese dinner and the people who sold it on sale. Talladega Nights. <laughs> I don't know. Home Alone. <sighs> yes, yes, that's a good yes. one too. Here's another one of my dad's favorites. Were your worst nightmare elves with attitude? Mm, I don't know. The Santa Claus. It's great. You yeah. know what else is good is um, a Christmas or uh, the Scrooge. What that Jim Carrey did that? Um, he, a Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of creepy animation yeah, live yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. And there's a new one coming out uh, this season that is The Man Who Invented Christmas. Which hmm. uh, is a story of Charles Dickens. So, oh wow, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be fantastic. It was. Yeah. It was a book, right? It was a book. Okay, I just yeah, heard I about that. And what I don't think we all knew is that there are actually real people that inspired that story. Hmm. In in yeah. So I remember hearing this, about this movie is about those real events that really inspired him to write the book A Christmas Carol. Interesting. Did not. I think that. so. I think that's a great date. If you're looking for a date. Or you want to give your kids a little substance behind the meaning of Christmas, that might be a really good movie to go see. All right, here's a couple more questions. Uh, the thing about trains is it doesn't matter where they're going. What matters is deciding to get on. Polar Express. Yeah. And you can almost like, like as I read that, I could see the scene in my yeah. mind. Like, yeah. you know, Tom Hanks as a conductor and he's speaking. And you're just, you know, you're just, there's so much depth to some of these. Sh- yeah, they're really these shows, that, right? That show was great. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of meaning there, and uh, so investing in your kids, watching some of these movies with them over the holidays, that's not trivial. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Not I at mean, all. I think that's a great investment. I agree. As a parent, I 100% agree. Well, uh, I don't want to take too long with that part of it, but I, I do want to encourage parents, you know, whether you're dreading the approach of the Christmas holiday or if you're just eagerly rushing into it. Take a breath um, and make sure that you include the Holy Spirit and your faith in this process. Hmm. Because the the season can knock you off balance. It can. Yeah, it can definitely, it can harm a marriage. It can harm uh, relationships with kids and in-laws. And it can really put you under stress if you're not careful. So uh, we've never done it quite right. I've never had a Christmas where I was like, you know what? I nailed that. I got it totally right. But (laughs) <laughs> you, you try every year, and you trust God to give you wisdom and and maybe some healthier boundaries. Yep, I agree. So uh, from really the Twin Gospel Alliance, I Shine, and Beam of Media, we want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 
2 Timothy 1, 7, and 13. This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance, all rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax-deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave. What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believing. For parents and for pastors, that's a frightening experience, especially if you've got an 11 or 12 year old. At the iShine Ministries headquarters, this became a huge priority in the last year. We partnered with the Tween Gospel Alliance to bring you a brand new resource known as the Shock and Awe Study Guide. And I'm here with one of the co-founders of this entire program, Robert Beeson. Can you tell us what is the Shock and Awe Study Guide? It is awesome. More than that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The Shock and Awe Study Guide is a super cool thing that either a parent can do with their kid or a youth pastor can do with their students or a children's pastor can do with their students. And here's the cool thing about it. It is apologetics for kids. Wow. So it's the really huge evidence and thoughts of apologetics wrapped in a way that is really tangible and simple for kids to understand, answering four primary questions. And they are, what if there's a God? What if the Bible is true? What if Jesus is who he said he was? And what if I'm part of that plan? And we believe if you can answer those four questions and you are drawn through evidence proving those four questions, that really it's going gonna, it's gonna to establish a pretty unshakable foundation of faith. That sounds very helpful, especially if you're a parent or pastor and you're concerned about the condition of your child's faith, what they believe, what the voices of culture are telling them. If that's you and you're interested, go to iShineLive.com and check out in our web store the Shock and Awe Study Guide. It has a digital cloud video base, so it's four studies in a small paperback volume for $9, and it has four videos that go with four studies. It can be done in a weekend, it can be done over a month, or it can be done bi-monthly, however you need it. It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church, and I have been impressed. So, check it out. Check it out. Hi, it's Pastor Brad with Brilliantly Brave Parenting, and I am letting you know about a really awesome podcast. If you are a solo parent or you know someone who's solo parenting right now, have I got a podcast for you. Uh, dear friend, co-host of our show, and my partner in crime, Robert Beeson has started something really spectacular. Robert's here in the studio. Tell us about it. Yeah, thanks, Brad. So Solo Parent Society podcast is talking to solo parents out there that are doing it alone. We uh, talk to other solo parents that are out there, talk about their struggles and insights that they've come across, as well as experts in the fields that solo parents deal with the most. I was a single parent for eight years, raising three girls. My co-host was a solo parent raising a boy and a girl also for I think about seven years so together we talk about these different topics and we have great guests either solo parents like I said or experts in the field so it's it's new it's authentic it's real it's raw and it's and it's super fun solo parent society podcast brilliantly brave is supporting and encouraging and endorsing what this is and if you want to check it out it's available what on iTunes yeah everywhere that brilliantly brave is awesome thanks <laughs> <laughs>